Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B, and on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm so, so thrilled about today's conversation. It is a topic that I've wanted to arrive to for a while, but I was waiting for the universe to send me the perfect person in order to go down this path. And so today I have a really special guest for you, Crystal Soto. And Crystal is a grief coach. Exactly what we're going to talk about today, all things growing through your grief. And Crystal helps women who have lost a loved one navigate their grief to come back home to themselves. She lost her dad when she was 19 and her mom when she was 25. And she lived in that grief for years. But once she started going down the path and doing this deep work to release all the stuck emotions, she started seeing the shifts within herself. And now she is on a mission to share that with other human beings. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here, Heidi. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to be able to just share my story um, and my vulnerability with your community. Mm, I am so I'm, I'm just feeling so much gratitude today that you just dropped into my life. Uh, we didn't know each other previous to this. Uh, doing this work and both really getting into this work and exploring ourselves. And I know you're going to be such a gift in this space of grief for so many women. I think it's kind of one of those topics that most people don't want to talk about because of the pain that is loaded in all of the grief. And I don't know about you, but I've realized that I suppressed my grief, held it in for a really long time, masked it, tried to like do all the things around it, which we'll go deeper into, right? But when I really started to feel the lift of the grief was when I acknowledged it and when Mm -hmm. I sat with it. And then when I started speaking about it, it was like the shame and the guilt and the, all the heavy emotions that I was feeling surrounding the grief started to slowly lighten up, right? I, yes, I resonate with that so much because especially losing my dad at 19, we're not taught how to deal with our emotions. And, you know, we live in the society where it's so normal to just mask it. We don't want to talk about the pain. And I know personally, I always felt as though I would be stuck and consumed with that grief if I spoke of it. And so from 19 to like 24, I just, I swept it under the rug. I made it seem like I was okay. Um, And, you know, when my mom got diagnosed with cancer, when I was 24, that really hit me because I had never really known anyone to have been diagnosed with cancer. And like, the only thing I knew is people die if they have cancer. And so unfortunately she did pass away, but with that, that grief just grew so heavy in my chest. 
and I had no one to talk about it with, right? No one wants to talk about grief. And I don't know if you can relate to this or if the audience can relate to this, but there was this part of me that felt like no one could ever actually understand and that my emotions were too heavy for other people. Mm. So I continued to just numb it, you know, Uh for me personally, like I turned to alcohol because you're looking for that, like one thing to kind of make you feel happy, make you feel alive again. And one thing I can tell you, and one thing I know to be so true is that when we numb and, and we just mask it, we don't allow ourselves to feel anything. Mm anything at all. And for me personally, I didn't even know how to feel happiness. The one thing I wanted, but I didn't know how to feel it because I couldn't even allow myself to feel that pain and that grief. You know, I love what you said about being scared of being stuck in that spot, because this was probably the number one reason why I didn't allow myself to feel the pain after I went through the grief cycle. It was like, I don't want to, I don't want to feel any bit of it because I'm afraid that I'm just never going to pop out of it. I'm afraid I'm going to sit here forever. And it's interesting because we, we think those things about grief. And yet when I think about joy, a lot of people are afraid to experience joy at its fullest because they think it's going to be fleeting. They're like, Oh, okay. That's it. Better. Just like quick, hurry up and sit in this joy and experience it real quick because it's going to be gone. Like before it's even gone, we wish it away. And I think that that's because the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Mm -hmm. And so if joy is a fleeting emotion, right, then we want grief to be a fleeting emotion too. just, just go through. But what if we were able to sit in our grief with, which is the healing part that you and I have done and really marinate in that grief and no emotion, no emotion is a stuck emotion. Every emotion is just an opportunity to really bask in presence, the presence Mm -hmm. of your own place, the presence of your own life. Mm, That's so beautiful. And it's so true. And one thing that I would like to just acknowledge is that grief is grief. And it doesn't mean that one has to lose a loved one. Um, I think that it's so associated with that. And I just want to bring light to that because if there's one thing that we all experience is the cycle of grief. Yes. It's the same thing with breath, right? Like those are the two things that we all have in common, no matter what. And I just want to say that because we've both been through so many different experiences that have caused that grief. And, and you're right. It feels as though grief will never leave us. And we still get to find some sort of joy within that grief and some sort of gratitude for that grief. Because what I know and what I've experienced is that with feel, with actually allowing myself to feel it, I've been able to experience joy, love, abundance so much deeper than I ever would have. Hmm. I feel like 
truly moving through that process in the way you just described is allowing pain to have a purpose. Mm. I know that I found my purpose through all of the pain that I've been through. And I, and I don't want to breeze by what you said earlier, that grief is grief is grief, Mm. right? So you've experienced the lot, the loss of two parents. That is massive grief. Absolutely. I know friends who have lost children uh, at young ages and stages and parents, vice versa, like you said, at ages with a young child. Um, but loss also comes, I feel like grief comes in so many forms where, you know, like you mentioned earlier on our pre-chat, grief comes in losing a job, mm-hmm. losing a little bit of significance, losing a little bit of value, losing a little bit of, of knowing where you're going, having uncertainty. Grief comes in losing a part of your heart. Um, in my work and really helping heartbroken women find their healing. I got into this work in this space because my heart was so broken and I didn't feel like I was allowed to grieve him because Mm -hmm. he didn't physically depart this earth. But the reality was, is that he emotionally left my earth, my, my body, my being, my heart, And that grief was stronger than anything that I'd ever experienced. And like you said, I didn't know how to navigate that. And no one around me knew how to navigate that because no one around me had ever been divorced. No one around me had, we, I've had friends go through breakups and long-term breakups and that's grief as well, right? Mm-hmm. Every time we go through a breakup in any capacity, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It only matters how strongly your heart is attached to that experience or that person or that animal. A lot of people lose pets and there's this grieving process. And so we can never diminish grief. The grief in which we each feel is valid and acknowledged. And I know that you've probably had some grief strategies that didn't work so well. You mentioned alcohol. I also shared that grief strategy for a long time. I tried to party my way and, and drink my way to happiness and numbing. It either needed to be like extreme happiness, which was fake happiness or this numbing out. I didn't want to be who I was in all of my pain. Mm -hmm. So I Mm -hmm. tried to be someone else using other strategies. And so mine included doing that, but on the flip side, over-exercising. So then I was like, okay, I'll drink a lot. I'll run a lot. I'll drink a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll run a lot. Sleeping. I would mm-hmm. just try to sleep for as long as possible. And so I didn't have to feel. So maybe you can share some of your uh, grief patternings um, that didn't work so well. And then ones that did work a little bit better. So yeah. people can normalize this, this grief that they're experiencing. Like, okay, it's okay if you're over here and there's opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to go back to one thing that you said of like pain being the purpose. I had a mentor tell me that last year. And that was one thing that I like needed to hear in that moment because we get, we get to bring intention to whatever it is that's happening in our lives. Right. And so for me, I knew I wanted to help other people because I knew I needed the help and I didn't have the help. So for me, 
and which is why I, I believe earlier I said to find gratitude in whatever it is that comes up is I'm grateful for what I went through because I literally wouldn't be right here right now having this conversation, normalizing grief if I hadn't of allowed myself to lean into that pain. So I just feel like that's like a very important thing to, to hear in this moment. Um, But when it comes to some of the things that I tried to do to really like help myself in that grief, um, like I mentioned, one was alcohol. I drank like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for years, um, just trying to feel again, having some sort of connection to my body. Um, I smoked a lot of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just trying to numb out because I didn't want to feel anything. So I figured, hey, if I do this, I don't have to feel it. My day will fly by. I get to go to sleep after work. Boom. Another big one for me was Netflix, just binge watching Netflix day after day after day. It was like, it was almost as though I allowed myself to create this routine that just wanted to hide everything. I would wake up in the morning, I'd get ready for work, I'd work all day, I'd come home, maybe cook or order out, smoke weed, sit on the couch, binge watch Netflix, go to sleep for 10, 12 hours and do it all over again. Another one for me, because I wanted that hit, right? Again, it all comes back to wanting to have some sort of feeling. I was like a shopaholic. Mm -hmm. Shopaholic. I bought all the things again, just to try and maybe I'll look good. Maybe I'll feel good if I wear this. Realizing that after I did that, those things weren't working. And so for me, what really, and then of course, I listened to all the podcasts, I read all the books and still felt like there was something missing. And so for me, I had to get so tired of being so stuck in my own like BS and feeling so sorry for myself. And it's fine to feel that sometimes, right? Because those feelings are real. Like they feel so real. But it doesn't mean that we have to stay stuck there because the beautiful thing in this world is we have choice. Mm. Yes. I, I heard, I've heard someone say before, it can be real without being true. Mm. And I know that that mm. saying feels kind of confusing to people, but what you're feeling in your body with grief and feeling kind of like that victim mens- mentality that grief is real. You are feeling those sensations of the heavy in your chest, that pit of that pit in your stomach, right? That's just like, oh, it feels so unsettling. Sometimes it's that tightness in your mind. You're feeling, but your feelings are real. They're Mm -hmm. real, but they're not always your truth. They're not always true. And that's where the choice comes in where it's like, okay, I know that I had to get to the point and maybe you had this like aha moment. I think mine was a little more gradual, but it was like an aha kind of like couple of months where I was like enough already. Is this what my life is going to be? 
Is this mm -hmm. how, is this how it's going to be where I'm just going to pretend that I'm fine and it's exhausting, isn't it? Like pretending to be okay around everybody all the time. It's so exhausting and tiring and even more painful Mm -hmm. than just sitting with what you've got and, and acknowledging it within yourself and then acknowledging it around other people um, and asking for what you need. Because one of the things that I didn't want was I didn't want people to be like bashing um, my ex. That didn't yeah. feel healing to me. And I didn't also, you know, when you go through loss, it's like people feel like, should I talk about that person around you? Shouldn't I talk about that person around mm -hmm. you? And so it became, becomes kind of this elephant in the room where no one knows how to move through the grief. And so I started to become my own advocate for, hey, you guys, this is what I need to talk about. And yeah. this is how I need you to receive it from me. Like I don't actually, I'm not actually looking for feedback, I'm, and but I needed to teach people how to treat me. I needed to teach people how to be with me in my grief. And I don't mm -hmm. know, uh, you know, I've never lost a parent, let alone two. What's some advice that you would give someone going through losing a loved one and how to teach people, you know, how to, how to be with you in your grief? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I had to first and foremost, allow myself to begin to feel and be okay with feeling and almost relearn how to feel because I had numbed so much. Mm. I had numbed so much. So for me, um, it came in finding a community of people. And this, for me, mostly this was online who have lost people. Yes. We've lost people or who have been through something similar because we're all looking to have that sense of relatability. Right. And so once I was able to find some people first that could kind of understand what I went through, then I started teaching, like rewiring my body to be okay with talking about this topic because for so long it was a topic that was like off limits. We don't talk about my parents. We don't talk about death. We don't talk about grieving, not happening. Yeah. And so I was shutting all of that down. And so once I allowed myself to start talking to people, I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel as heavy as I thought it felt because when we're just thinking about these things, it can consume us. But when we actually allow ourselves to like energetically speak it, we're starting to like shine that flashlight and like acknowledge that elephant and it doesn't seem as bad anymore. And then there's that little part of you that starts to be like, okay, I think I can do this. And so then by doing that, I welcomed in the fact that I wanted to talk about my parents more just because they physically weren't like weren't here didn't mean that I couldn't talk about them They're my or, parents. or to them or to them a hundred percent and so then I started with close friends and family and just being like hey I have to acknowledge the fact that I'm having a hard day and then I miss them and guess what it's normal and in any and 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 when it comes to any form of grief and losing. It's normal to miss the person that you've spent many years with, right? Mm -hmm. For me, grief is when you feel that grief and that pain, 
it's just a representation of how much you got to love somebody. Oh. Like that's what it is. And so I said, Hey, I need to talk about my parents. And so then I started talking about my parents and you know what I started realizing after that is there was this story that I was holding on to that other people would feel uncomfortable if I talked about my parents. Guess what? In through talking about them, I realized it was me who felt uncomfortable. And I didn't know how to meet that need of mine. But by talking about them, I started to meet it. And I'm like, okay, I get to do this. And if I make other people feel uncomfortable, that's not my intention, right? And it's okay. They don't, they they can feel uncomfortable because in reality, I don't need anybody to fix me, right? What I need is, just someone to hold some space for me to be able to express talking about my parents. And um, yeah, so those are just a couple of ways that I was able to just start talking about it and normalizing it. And one other thing that I wanna mention is for me specifically, sharing my story with other people and, and allowing myself to say, hey, I'm, this is what I've gone through and we we all go through hard things and it's okay to talk about it, whatever it may be. As long as we feel safe, it's absolutely okay to talk about our stories and share them because in that you start to just attract those people who want to know more and who can relate to you, right? Who may, who you may never have thought was ever going through something so difficult. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love all of this so much. And the fact that you mentioned one of the ways that you grew through your growth, grief, you grew through your grief was connection. Cause so often when we're going through grief, we want to isolate. It's the opposite, Mm -hmm. but we do that because we think we'll be misunderstood or not understood. And so finding a community in which you know that people understand what you're growing through. I've, I've replaced the word going through in my life with growing mm-hmm. through because I feel like we're always growing through life if we choose, that. if we choose. We're either just going through the motions or we're growing through it all. And I would rather grow, always grow. And the community piece is so big. This is the number one reason why I'm pivoting from food and body to heartache and heartbreak, really like reclaiming the love, love in your life. Um, because I didn't know where to go when I was divorced, when I went through breakup. Mm-hmm. And so I want to provide that safe container, that safe space for women whose hearts are broken to grow through life together, together. Yeah. Cause I didn't have that. I had a lot of friends and happy marriages with mm-hmm. a lot of kids or, or single friends living, living the high life over there in single land, but there was nobody that was single and stuck. And I just felt like I was single and stuck and mm-hmm. I didn't want to be stuck anymore. I wanted to be lifted up and, and, and be held. Um, and I love how you said that, that grief 
reframing the grief to just understand that that is just so much love that came mm-hmm. into your life. That pain is there on purpose because mm-hmm. it lived its purpose. And just knowing that you you are love and you mm-hmm. are loved regardless of who comes and goes into your life whenever their time is, is a beautiful thing because that means that there's more love to be experienced in this world, which means there's going to be more grief. So can we create a healthy relationship with our grief and not bypass it and pretend that everything's fine, but really feel it. I know that one of the most powerful things that I did um, is I just cried. I just sat there and finally cried and cried and cried and grieved and then just had so much gratitude for all of the pain in my life and tried to just really shape shift my grief into gratitude and my pain into purpose every single day. And that gave me strength. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, that's one of the biggest things is, is we get to focus on allowing ourselves to feel it because like you, I had like disconnected so much that I didn't want to feel anything. And the moment that I just acknowledged, Hey, I get to be sad and I get to feel, and I get to cry because of this. It doesn't make me weak. It doesn't, it doesn't make me any lesser of a person. Like we get these feelings because right feelings and emotions are just our body's way of speaking to us that we just went through something and we lost something and we get to grieve that part of ourselves and that experience so that then we can grow through it and so that we can gain clarity and we can learn lessons and we can see where there's opportunities for us to do maybe a little more work or to heal certain parts of ourselves, right? And I think that, again, it goes back to this, like, almost this stigma that like, okay, you lose someone, you have like a week off of bereavement, and then you have to go back to your life. And then you, and then you start to know this, everybody else just goes back to their lives. And you're still left trying to figure out how do I now navigate life? Yes. Yes. And that's where I was. I was like, okay, I lost my dad at 19. I lost my mom at 25. And for me, when I was 26, I literally was sitting in my corporate accounting job and I was like, there has to be more to life. There has to be more to life than this. Like I'm sitting here numbing and masking all of this pain. I'm so unhappy. I'm so disconnected. Nothing that I'm doing is like moving the needle forward. Like what, like something has to give. I'm, I'm, I'm 26. How can, how can I live the rest of my life like this? Mm. And honestly, in that moment is when I was like, I, ha- I get to do something different. I get to do something different because all of the things that I'm, I'm doing aren't working for me. And I can't imagine living a life the way that I was living it at 26. And so I made a choice. I made a choice. And I said, what can I do that is going to help me, to help me heal? And it's funny because I have old notebooks 
and it was it was the it was their old journals and it was like the year after my mom passed which was a really hard year and I'm writing in there like I I I want to change I just don't know how and like how like how can I change like how can I learn to like learn how to understand my emotions and learn how to connect and learn how to find gratitude and joy for this life because guess what despite the fact that I lost my parents really young I still had a lot going for me and so I was like okay okay and so that's where like for me one of the first things was was journaling and gratitude because I just needed to get all of the things out, right? Like I had to get all the thoughts out, which is why I'm a huge journaler. Yes. And then I got to start shifting into like, what is it that I'm grateful for? And just allowing myself to get curious, right? Like, what can I be grateful for? If I, if I'm, if I don't feel gratitude right now, because I'm still not a, like allowing myself to feel like, where can I start to find gratitude in my life? And honestly, it was from like that moment that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to commit to myself. I'm going to commit to myself that I'm going to do the work and I'm going to see what will come out of it. Because guess what? I had nothing left to lose. Mm. Honestly, I was, I, I was, I was already in the worst case that I could have been in. And so why not try something different? Why not try something outside the box that I see working for other people. Right. And I wanted, I wanted to feel that way. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to commit to myself. And, Mm. you know, I mean, we're talking like three years later, but I, I say all of that to say that when you commit to yourself and you acknowledge that you are so worthy of something different and you just, start trying new things, things do change. And sometimes it's, it's hard for me to even like, it's hard for me to even to connect with the fact that like, I was doing all of those things because when I reflect now, I'm like, those weren't helping me. And, And look at how beautiful life really is and all of the people and all of the healing and, ah, gratitude. It's, I love what you just said about kind of describing out and first just getting it out of the system. And there's so many ways to do this. Um, but really finding, I, I turned the corner when I, I got, I started getting all the hurt, all the pain out first, pain first, right? Get it out. And then Absolutely. possibility second. Absolutely. So shifting the pen from all the pain, make sure all of it's out. Just keep letting it come. Keep letting it come for as long as it takes for days, for weeks, for months, months yeah. for years, right? Absolutely. Let it come out. And then when the pen is ready, we shift the pen to possibility mm-hmm. because we get to use our pain for so much gain. Like you said, it's all about perspective and choosing. So choosing possibility in the pain. And now what do I want my life to look like? And how can I, how can I move in that direction? I'm in the process of you, you use that beautiful statement earlier, just like I'm in the process of becoming this new version of me that is full of love and light. That's what I would say to myself every single day, just, and I say it to my clients now, go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourselves healthy. That is my statement. And I just say it every single day. Um, and really, really shifting to possibility is 
is really, really important. And the other piece of this is you and I both, that's why we're in this work, helping hearts heal, right? Mm -hmm. Helping hearts heal is the name of our game. And when you don't know where to grow, Mm -hmm. you want to grow, but you don't know where to grow next. You're feeling a little stagnant. You get to ask for help. You get to seek someone who has been through what you've been through. And for me, that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. I needed mm-hmm. somebody in my life to guide me through that I could use as, as a reflection of everything that I already am, but everything that I wasn't quite acting as if yet. And mm-hmm. so in finding that coach, that mentor, that person who has an opportunity to take you through all of the soft healing steps to to allow you to really let your highest self shine a little bit brighter each day because we know that grief needs to be treated with mm-hmm. so much love and so much compassion. It can't be rushed. So yeah. finding finding those people who are on this earth, they're little earth angels like you, Literally. <laughs> who are just, they're the purpose of the loss that you've been through is so that you can guide so many women to their healing, so many people through their, through their promise and possibility, you know, and without you experiencing that, we don't get to serve in such a high way. hundred percent. And, and I'll be very transparent in saying that I'm not sure I would be where I am if I hadn't have had mentors, because sometimes when you're in your grief, your, your vision is so narrow that you aren't able to see those possibilities. And what that mentor can do for you is mirror back your truest self and hold that vision for you so that you can start to borrow some of it and be like, oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm." Because that's what happened for me personally is I could not, I could not see I wanted the possibility, but I couldn't see the possibility. And to have somebody just hold that space for you and just be that mirror and reflect back to you all of the light and love that they see within you Mm. is so helpful. And there's something that I want to go back to and just highlighting that there's no time frame on grief. Mm -hmm. There's no time frame. We don't have to get over it in a month. We don't have to get over it in a week. We don't have to get over it in a year. Sometimes grief stays with us and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Again, it goes back to that love and that connection that you had. Right. And so, you know, unfortunately both of my parents passed in December. So as I get closer into November and I, I get into December, my grief, I, I start to feel my grief more. And the that's okay. Remembers. Yeah. And the that's body, okay. The body remembers so much. It's so wise. And, mm-hmm. and that happens a lot for people, right? It's like not, it's not just the date, the body actually remembers the seasons of grief. And yeah. so it starts to, it starts to invite itself back to feel what it was used to feeling before, which is why it's so important to keep feeling yes. and acknowledging, like you said, the flashlight, like the feeling flashlight, let's flash flash the light, shed some light. So it doesn't feel so scary. We're just feeling, and that's really nurturing. That's beautiful. And, you know, I allow myself to feel whenever, whenever these feelings come up, I'm not like, 
before I used to nope, shut down. I will cry when I need to cry. I will laugh when I need to laugh. I will feel when I need to feel because we get that privilege. We get that privilege of feeling in order to heal. And you know, it's funny because I, I never understood it prior, like a year ago. I'm like, feel the heal. What does that even mean? Yeah. And it's almost one of, it's almost one of those things that like, until you allow yourself to really go to the depths of feeling and to reconnect to your body through breath, through movement, through sounding, through just acknowledging the pain that we've been through, until you allow yourself to go there, it still feel it'll feel hard and you'll feel stuck and you'll feel like you'll never be able to heal. But I promise you guys, we all get to heal. We all get to heal and we all get to remember who we are. And, you know, going back to like, this is why there's mentors. This is why there's coaches for connection and for support and for allowing you to just remember who it is that you are at the deepest, innermost, inside levels of you. Mm. Mm. I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so happy that you're on this planet to just take take people to the next level. I know that there's so many people that are going to hear this that needed this message now more than ever. And I love what you said about timeline because you guys, if you're sitting there going, yeah, I lost this person or in, in any capacity or this thing or this experience or whatever, the wherever the grief sits, I lost this over 20 years ago, but you're mm-hmm. still operating life in the same way that you have been for the 20 years and you're ready to come a corner, come about. It's not too late to start living your life now. It's not too late. There is support, there is hope, and um, we're just, we're here to support and and guide you. So I want to make sure that people know where they can find you, Crystal, where they can get more of you and where they can really like find that, find that space to be safely held in their grief. So tell us what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I personally love to hang out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, My Instagram handle is Crystal Soto underscore clear living. Um, and then over on Facebook, I'm Crystal Sotho. And I actually have a Facebook group where you can just join in and we talk all things grief, all things self-healing, all things self-love and breath work, because honestly, those are just some of the areas that really helped me. And again, I'm huge on community. So come on over to my Facebook group and just see if it's something worth worth checking out for yourself. I'm, I know that it is. And I'm so grateful that you're going to help so many hearts heal. Thank you for your gifts. Um, I want to close out with the two questions I ask every single one on my podcast, every single person. And that is first question is Crystal, what do you love most about yourself? Mm, You know what? I love my authenticity and my ability to just be real because you know what we need more of that in this world just be you embrace you and yeah yeah authenticity and and relatability I love that I love that about you too just so you know (laughs) just always showing up the true truest you is such a beautiful gift and then the last question that I have is what does joy feel like 
<sighs> the first, the, literally the first thing that pops into my mind is like a fresh of breath air, something that just makes me so warm on the inside that brings this little like the crease of your of your smile to your lips and mm, yeah a nice breath of fresh air mm, I felt that with you that was so mm. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today and for your message and your vulnerability and all the things that you're going to bring into this world it's been um, a dreamy dreamy conversation and I'm truly truly grateful for you Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm super grateful to have been here and to just have shared my story. Um, so yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourselves healthy. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!